This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. <laughs> Reiki is a method of bringing to light your inner joy a way to calm and relax you, and a way to alleviate physical pain. The way I do this is with love, compassion, and acceptance in a sacred space in my home where no judgment is ever passed. Reiki treatments are used for those suffering both physically and or emotionally. Valeria Tellis interviews Amy Kaufman, a Reiki master, guided meditation leader, and the author of Seasons of the Soul, a collection of original Reiki quotes. To Amy Kaufman, being a Reiki master is not a profession as much as a path she followed. During a tarot reading in 2009, she was invited to consider becoming a Reiki practitioner, and it rang true for her. As a wife and mother, Amy is a natural giver, a giver of love, support, and a giver of herself. Following her path in becoming a Reiki master has allowed her to continue to give love and support to many in need of healing. Reiki is a method of bringing light to your inner joy, a way to calm and relax you, and a way to alleviate physical pain. The way Amy does this is with love, compassion, and acceptance in a sacred space in our home where no judgment is ever passed. Reiki treatments are used for those suffering both physically and or emotionally. With her hands gently placed on a client, she is literally able to feel emotional issues that are causing upset in their lives. For example, Pain in the heart center may be due to loss or relationship issues, or perhaps a blockage in the area around the solar plexus is due to a lack of self-esteem. Through conversation, humor, love, and compassion, Amy is able to remove these blockages. Reiki sessions are equally effective whether a session takes place in person or remotely. Although she lives in Westchester County in New York, Amy has had remote Reiki sessions with clients in Illinois, North Dakota, California, and England. Most often, one session is not enough, but is a great start. Meet Amy at amykaufman.co and meditationandchill.blogspot.com. Here is the interview with Amy Kaufman. In your own words, who is Amy Kaufman? Amy Kaufman is a Reiki master practitioner, guided meditation leader, a co-host of cacao ceremonies, retreats, and really basically a healer inside and out. It's just been my calling, something that has been 
what I'm meant to do. And that's, that's always what I feel has been my passion. And like I said, my calling ever since I was young. How did you discover that the healer in you? Is that something that happened uh, one moment in time just appeared or it was an unfolding experience? You know, it was interesting. I had gone to a yoga class and I was the only one there. So I was talking to the yoga teacher. It was really nice. And we just started a conversation and it was just about boredom. And she picked up that I was, a, you know, a mom of three young kids, but I knew that there was something more. I always felt there was something more to offer, but I didn't know what that was. And I thought, let me go for a tarot reading. And I went for a card reading and this wonderful woman was reading you know, things, whatever in my life. But suddenly she just looked up at me and she said, you want to be a Reiki practitioner? And I never heard of the word. And I said, sure. I said, well, what is that? She said, oh, it's a healer. I'm going to send you to my friend. But that's what I felt was missing in my life. And I met this Reiki master and she asked me to hold my hands together. And just by looking at me and feeling my energy, she said, yes, this is, you know, your next step. So it was something that I knew that I needed to do something else, but I didn't know what. But nurturing, mothering, the earth um, sign in me has always been a calling. So it just came natural to be a healer. And I kind of, you know, I feel like it was my path. It was something that I was meant to do. And it arrived at the right time in my life. Now, that sounds wonderful to me, to be able to listen to that voice, even when it comes from the outside, <laughs> other yes. people, right? They are voices telling us, maybe we are not listening to the inner voice. And then it's interesting how life is. And then voices from the outside appear. Because I feel like we all need help. And that that help came in the in the way of pushing me towards something that I do now, which mm, is great. Yeah. And still within the topic of healing and being healed. Do you believe in a destination when it comes to healing? I think I made a comment off record, but talk to me for a moment about this idea that there is a destination for healing, Amy. I do feel that way because, you know, when I think back in things that happened in my life, I remember being very young and seeing things and always thinking, oh, it's my imagination. And I was five years old and I was crossing a small street, but I saw a green car. And in my head, I said, oh, it's only my imagination. And I ran right into this car. Now, I was five years old and there was a reason why I didn't get killed. <laughs> and I hit the car and I fell back. In my head, I never really said, well, it was my imagination, because I think even then I knew that was kind of odd. But it was things like that, seeing things out of the corner of my eye. I remember as I was older in college, it was um, I took a body movement class and we were doing this meditation and I saw my body step out of itself and walk out of the room. So things like this, there were, you know, spirits and, and all this was around me all the time. So I really do believe it was my destiny. And also, life puts you on hold for a little bit. I had, you know, small kids, and I couldn't be a healer. I was healing my own family, and I was with my children, my husband, my dog. But as they got older, and 
it just came stronger and stronger to me that I needed to work with other people to heal as well. So I really do believe in a destiny and you're listening to your inner guides. You're listening to the outside world, people telling you and helping you. And you just have to be aware and open to what's around you. Is there um, a point, do we come to a destination per se, that we can say that we are healed? I'm already healed. Is that something that could happen? I think it can, but not in my lifetime. I I don't. I think that we're all learning. I think that when you say that I'm completely healed, you stop learning also. And I think you're always experiencing different things in your life. And you're still experiencing joy and pain and all these things. And to get to such a high level, I think it takes many lifetimes. And I like my journey. I, I'm glad I'm not done yet. Ah, yes, here in this body, right? Yeah, so that's another interesting idea, concept, belief system, or maybe revelation. We have so many other words I could use for that. The idea of uh, uh, moving on and having these different bodies throughout different lifetimes and mind continuation. This is something that, that's interesting. I used to not believe, I was open to it, very much uh-huh. open to the idea, but something happened. And not that I now don't believe or I'm close to it, but there's something that kind of replaced that idea of mind continuation and reincarnation, which is knowing or realizing that this is it. This is, this is a gift to be here now, and yes. this is all there is. For now, this is all there is. And I I don't want or I don't need to know the future, what's going to happen after. This is enough. Oh, absolutely. It's it's all part of living in the moment of we're here now and stop looking at what's ahead and what's in the future. I mean, there are times, you know, when I was stuck in what I wanted to do, I feel like that's different because, you know, there's more and there's a way that I wanted to contribute. But being in the moment and not looking at what's next, what's next, that takes work. Yeah, and it does. That's so true. Um, And I wonder why so many of us, some people around me even, they believe that and they hold down to this idea that it's okay to suffer now. It's okay for life to be the way it is because I will live again. So I have heard that before, this hope that something else will come. And so that doesn't resonate for some reason, but I do, I respect, of course, and I don't go there too much with that conversation. But what do you think about that? What is holding some of us back when it comes to staying here now and being in the moment? I think that there's a lot of frustration in a lot of people and they're disappointed in their present moment. But I had a client just the other day, and she's so looking forward to changing and being somewhere else. And I said, there's so much power in just a small moment. And just enjoy those small moments. Like she went through a bad divorce, and she has, sounds to me, like a beautiful bedroom with a fireplace. And she said, for the first time, I can light this fire without being criticized. And I said, think how joyful that is. Like relish that moment of being able to light a fire. And she stepped back, but we don't do that. We don't step back to the small things. We're always looking for the big things. And I think that's part of it. 
that smaller moments are just as powerful and important mm. as monumental events. Mm, so true. Like breathing, right, Amy? Yeah. Breathing to yeah. me is just, it seems very small, but it's everything, isn't it? And we waste so much breath on complaining about <laughs> yes. so many things. <laughs> so true. I, I mean, it, it is. It's so yeah. true. And, and if you're just doing that, how are you enjoying the breath of life? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how many yes can I say to that, to that being the moment and appreciating uh, this? It's just incredible. To me, it's magic. It's a miracle to be here in the human body. And I believe in all this, too. I don't just talk about it. <laughs> right. Because it's easy to talk, isn't it? We love to talk. Oh, there's so many people out there who just love to talk and love to just, you know, it's become such a game, this whole healing thing. But I really live, you know, by my word and what I do. And that's really helped me in times of crisis and times of sadness because I'm also human. So I, you know, abiding by what I talk to other people about has really helped me. And it yeah. helps them knowing that I live by my word. So when you say the game of healing, what is happening out there? What do you mean by that? Because I talk to a lot of healers all the time. And hopefully that's not a game. <laughs> I know. And, and I think that with healing, it's become like the buzzword. So you have to really, and when seeking out healers, it's always somebody who's going to resonate with you to begin with, whether it's just visually or a word they say or something, but people are holding on to buzzwords and it's becoming, you know, big business, but yet there are so many people who are so pure. So, you know, you just have to be careful out there and that's with anything, you know, it's, it's, it's another kind of industry. So true. Right. Yeah. It becomes yeah. a business. Although I love the idea that we can make a living out of um, the energies oh, of the heart, of the soul, and, and do this work of love and make a lot of money from it. Because we see a lot of people who don't come from that place and they, uh, they make so much. They don't even well, give, yes, right? They just keep for themselves. And that's, that's, I guess, what I'm talking about. Because, no, I absolutely, the business of healing, if you are doing if you're really in this business, you should be rewarded for the help that you're giving. And I always say I'm being paid for the time that I'm offering. To me, when I think about money, I think about energetic exchange. Mm -hmm. It's like giving and receive. That's love, isn't it? Absolutely. That's what love Absolutely. is. So, and I feel like when I'm not given enough, then even if I think I am and I'm not making as much money as I wanted to or I need to, then that means that there's something that's not really resonating with the whole universe or whatever, uh, the universal energies uh, that is around here. So I see that. That's kind of interesting when we think that way. On the other hand, I see these people who, what they do, it's really not something that doesn't seem like that they're giving. It's, it's more like destroying, destroying health by selling those unhealthy products, you know, foods and stuff. And then they make yes. lots of money from it. And I wonder how that works, this idea of giving, receiving, love, and energetic exchange. We don't know everything, right, Amy? There's right, so much right. happening that, I mean, we can't know all that is there. No, no. And and you have to trust yourself in terms of what you want to go for in terms of healing for other people. But 
No, I think the healing is wonderful if you're really true and pure and that's what you're meant to do and you really want to help people. There's nothing better. I, it's so rewarding for me. There's nothing nothing more rewarding than when I see the expression of a client when they get up from the table, their whole face has changed. And you can see the weight lifted off somebody's shoulders and the relief they feel. And I get such a high out of that. So I love this work. How do we know when we... Um found the right healer? What are the signs? I think that there's a comfort level when you see somebody. Um, I feel that you can feel energy from a photograph and from the words. I know that I've gotten clients just because they said, you look so calm, you look so peaceful. I just felt, felt a warmth from you. And I really do feel, and it's interesting because I also do remote healing sessions. And for the skeptic, I always say, just try one. And I said, because what it is, it's intention. And if my intention is to send healing and your intention is to receive, then it's absolutely going to be that exchange and it's going to happen. True. So what about intuition, Amy? How do we learn to access the voice of intuition? How do we know when we are listening to that voice in uh, something else? You know, we don't listen to it often enough. <laughs> and that that really does take training because it's a matter of trust. You ha really have to trust yourself. And it's happened to me too. You know, that time was, oh my God, I should have. How many times do we say that to ourselves about any little thing or a feeling that you get for doing something? I don't know, even if I shouldn't have turned down the street, I went too fast, I knew there was going to be a cop there. You know, something like that, like... Any, any kind of inner feeling you get about anything, go with that feeling. And, and that's a problem. We don't trust our feelings enough. But over time, and I think that comes with maturity, too. Um, some people have it right away, but not everybody does. And I definitely have learned over time, if it doesn't feel right to you, then move on. Yeah, this is something that I have always followed or tried to, feelings. Until recently, though, uh, it's been a year now, I've been around some people in my family that I have headaches and it's just very uncomfortable <laughs> in every way. <laughs> and I was like, what's happening? What's happening? Then, the, you know, what do you want to do really is just get away and never be around them again. But then I went to a Reiki, actually, practitioner, a Reiki master around here, my neighborhood. And she taught me some techniques and we did some sessions. And um, But then in the end, something came to me because I know that I have been traumatized from childhood and being abused and all that. I lost faith and trust in other human beings a long time ago since I was a child. So that... It seems like the body's still holding some of that. So anyone who reminds me of the people who abused me, then it comes up that oh, absolutely, that feeling. Yeah. But it's not true. That's not something that's real. So I wonder how do we? Now I cannot trust those feelings. They are very powerful feelings and emotions. They affect my whole body, like headaches and I have stomach aches, and it just doesn't feel good. And around the same people, and then when I analyze a little bit better, I see that there's something about them that remind me of the people who abused me in childhood. Right, right. So that's right. interesting, right, Amy? I'm still kind of working with them. 
But it's also energy. I mean, everybody has energy. And like when you walk into a room, you can feel the energy of the room, of the people who are in there. And that's what that is. And if there's a familiar energy, that's what's triggering those feelings. You know, and that's also one way that I knew I was so sensitive and I could walk into any room and just feel the energy of what's going on. I mean, I remember when I was house hunting many years ago and there was this one house in particular that after I left it, I was sobbing in the backseat of the car because the woman of the owner had died. And I kept asking the realtor, what happened? What happened? And she said, she's dead. That's all you need to know. Well, that was a strange response. And my mother's friend at the time had been a healer. And she said she must have committed suicide. And it had to have been because I was uncontrollably sobbing. And I felt such horrible energy in that house that there was no way I was living there, obviously. But for you, you're going into places and there's some remnants of that, of that abuse of something or a personality um, you know, trait in somebody else that you're picking up on. Yeah. So it's energies, which is memory, right? I mean, a way body memory. Yeah. The cells are remembering. They absolutely do. They really do. Whether it's a scent, something you're smelling, a feeling, um, and especially with scents, you don't realize it, but it's very, very powerful. And like I said, you could walk into a room or a color or anything that could, you know, hint on that past for you. And that's what you're feeling. And it comes right back as if it's happening again. So I wonder if, um, if I even meet you for a session or meet um, this person that I go see it. Her name is Beth. I actually interviewed her too here. So would that work? Is that something that you recommend? Somebody like going through what I'm going through to do? Oh, ab- absolutely. Because it's moving that energy out and talking about what it is and, you know, really coming to grips with what happened and, and why it's it's affecting you so much. But this healing sessions, absolutely, 100%, I would recommend them. Yeah, so the Reiki sessions would work, right? Because it's not intellectual. It's not something that I can even describe. I can describe the feeling in the body. There's no thinking really about it that, oh, that happened and this will happen again. There's no stories really when it comes to the intellect. No, no, you can't can't intellectualize. It's not like therapy and you talk and talk and talk. It's a body thing that needs to just be removed. And Reiki energy and Reiki healing can definitely do that. So that means I have to go back. I'll talk to you later or go back to Beth (laughs) because it still happens. Although I try to ignore that, but it's very uncomfortable. So you wrote the book Seasons of the Soul, a collection of original Reiki quotes. Talk to me about how you became a writer and what was the main inspiration and intention of writing this book, Amy? You know, again, this was 2015. I was in a very small yoga studio and I wanted to do Reiki. And at the time, there weren't really many takers. So the owner of the studio said, well, what else can you do? I said, well, I don't know. And she said, can you do guided meditations? I said, sure, because I'd been to enough guided meditations through my Reiki master. And we had um, a workshop did guided meditations. And one day, I, it was Valentine's Day, and I just wrote a quote 
I don't even know what made me do it. And something about the heart because it was Valentine's Day. And this was, um, I was very new to Facebook at the time. And I thought, oh, wow, I wonder if I should put that up there. And I got nervous because I never did anything on Facebook. And I did. And, you know, there were some people looking at it. I thought, that's kind of cool. But I would be inspired by things that happened. And these quotes and words just kept coming to me. And I thought, how cool would it be to put them together in a book? And like you said, at the right time, you meet the right people because I'm not technical. I don't know how to put it together. I was told, just do it yourself, self-publish. And I didn't know the first thing to do. So I met somebody who said, I can help you. So I hired these two people. And they put this book together and we sat together and I took my quotes and wrote them. They were all over the floor. We, you know, matched them with photographs that I took walking around my neighborhood. And lo and behold, I had a book and there it was. And it was something that I really wanted to do. I didn't know how it was going to get done, but I never gave up. It seems like when it comes from the heart, it's we can't give up. It's impossible. It keeps coming back. It doesn't leave us alone, right? No, I thought about it all the time. And it would be, how would I do this? How am I going to do this? I knew somehow it's going to get done. And it never occurred to me that it was never going to happen. And so it was really a proud moment just because... It was an accomplishment. It was something I manifested that I wanted to do. So manifesting is really strong. No matter what you want to do, you can get things done. I used to say everything's work, but everything's energy. So it takes energy to get it done, right? Oh, yeah. It was the energy of meeting the right people at the right time. The whole way that it happened was wonderful. Um, There was an open house at this place that I wasn't going to go to, and I saw I kept looking at the sandwich sign on the street and I said well I'm not doing anything later anyway and I went and there were the people so it it was all meant to happen but but had I ignored that who knows but that's also part of listening to my intuition which said go to the event I love the cover I love the title too seasons of the soul it's very makes us relax just when I look at those words for some reason that's interesting maybe seasons has to do with chains and then the soul relates to the heart and everything else that's beautiful and light so thank you so much for doing what you do Amy for being open to life that is um, we need more to see more that in the world more human beings doing that Oh, I think so. (laughs) Yeah, yes, we do. Some of the quotes in the book, there's um, one that says, a true friend accepts who you are to your very core. I love that because it is true. When you think about people, even people who are not our friends per se, it's um, there's something about accepting them. That idea of non-judgmental approach to life, that it's so beautiful. I like the word discern better than judging because the judgment seems very harsh. It seems almost like the opposite of love. Well, there's, you know, with friendships especially, I mean, there are so many superficial friendships out there. And when I hear people saying, well, I don't have a lot of friends. And my thing is, well, how many do you need? If you have two or one good friend, isn't that more valuable than having a whole bunch of friends who talk about each other behind their backs, (laughs) right? So to me, 
I mean, a real good friend who knows your faults and doesn't care and or or your imperfections or your quirks, but still loves you for who you are because of who you are. I have tried to have friends around me, but I have the tendency to kind of talk to them about what I see that's hurting them. It's clear to me <laughs> that's going to be a problem too because I see too much. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I try to tell them, you know, and then uh, that becomes like um, almost like a telling them what to do, which is the opposite of accepting them, right, the way they are. So how do we balance this idea of being there, holding space for others and accepting them the way they are, and at the same time, doing something or trying to help them somehow? I think it's important to, especially with a good friend, ask permission to give advice, you know, because we all, we all do that. And, and sometimes people complain and they, you know, you try to help by giving advice, but they don't really want it. So I would always ask permission. This might help you, but I don't know if you're willing to accept so you're giving them the space. That's the space that they need anyway. Some of us seem to be more open to healing, like I am, everything that I hear about that people talk about me. If they, I mean, I would love for them to tell me everything, but some people don't. I'm very open, but some people are not. And I wonder what drives us to be open to healing. It's not easy to listen to some of the things that we need to hear. It's not easy, but I'm open, but some people are not. So I wonder what... Yeah, what makes us to be the way we are and those who are not open to carry that pain without even being aware of them? I mean, I think some people are just so used to their own misery and sadness that they almost couldn't imagine their lives without it. That becomes their incredibly, that, that becomes their identity. And when you take that away, what do they have? So the mistake is that not everybody wants to be healed. I've had, um, I remember I had a woman come on my table and when the session was over, she jumped up. She said, I'm really nauseous. And I said, well, that's really good actually, because you're really moving things. And she said, I, I, I don't know if I could do this. And she um, clearly did not want to face issues that were bothering her and she never came back. And you can't force it. You can't force somebody. But to me, it was clear that she did not want to go further and she did not want to heal. She was happy where she was. I mean, personally, I wouldn't want to carry around nausea with me. I would really want to get rid of it. But it's amazing how many people would rather feel that and rather stay there because the unknown is scarier right? Because what happens when I'm healed? What happens when I feel good? I don't know this feeling. I don't know what to do with this. Because, yeah, yeah, the person, we talked about it before, the person is taking responsibility to be healed. And, you know, you can't, you can't push it on anybody. They have to be completely willing. Oh, Amy, that's so true. That's so true. So the work of healing it's actually, it might come to the point, it seems like it always does for me, has been of questioning identity. That might be the scariest thing for all of us. Is the, the only death that really exists, right? It's to lose um, the idea of who we are. Right, absolutely. That surface idea. And then go deeper into who we really are, which is, uh, you said the word unknown, to me is the unknown. And who wants to live as the unknown? No one. 
Yeah, no, most people don't. Right, right. And then another quote that you uh, sent to me from your book is, in the worst of times, find the strength you never knew you had. It exists deep within you. Yeah, I feel like we have so much strength and we don't use it all the time. It's part Harley, like when we talk about our brains, whatever percentage we use, which is a lot smaller than what we have. But I think it's the same thing with our strength. We don't know how strong we are until we reach the bottom or our own personal bottom, you know, and rely on that because you can get yourself through so many things instead of just coasting along. And sometimes challenges are the best way to get to know who you really are and to make changes in your life. So true. And I wonder if it is the only way. What is your perspective on that, Amy? Suffering and change, transformation, healing? I think it's opportunity. I really do. I think that those times are really opportunity and it's really your inner self saying you need to make a change. You know, maybe the status quo isn't working anymore and it's time to move on to do whatever it is you've always wanted to do, or maybe just change something slight in your life. But I think change is great. And, you know, if it comes in the form of pain, it's okay. Appreciate that pain too, because it may might propel you to go forward. So let me go back to what you do specifically, um, your services, Reiki sessions, remote Reiki sessions, guided meditation classes. You are a co-host of Cacao Ceremonies and Retreats. Talk to me about your services and this beautiful ceremony. I love the idea. I want to know more actually about this, Amy. We talked earlier, but not enough. Well, I'm a Reiki master, so I do um, in-person sessions and remote sessions. As I said, it's energy transmutes over the phone, over, you know, Zoom, FaceTime. It really does work. I was doing guided meditations pre-COVID, but when COVID hit, because I was doing them in classes and in my home, obviously we couldn't be together. So really out of boredom, I was recording my guided meditations and I began in March, 2020. So I have 15 months worth of guided meditations that I posted once a week. So, um, and they're on my YouTube channel, which is Reiki underscore with Amy, but they're all seasonal. I have them for the summer, the winter, new moons, uh, a whole bunch of them. So that's, that was great because that helps people when they couldn't come to me. Um, and cacao ceremonies are something that I started with my partner and, They are beautiful, heart-opening ceremonies where we drink ceremonial cacao, and then we set an intention. There's always a group intention. Everybody finishes their drink. They lie down, and we do drumming and sound bowls, and you are really transported. And at the end, we do a share, and it's amazing how there's a connection with each person. It's just magical and They're really wonderful. Um, so we were doing those pretty much for a year, once a month. And the retreats that I offer, it's called Lasting Connections, and they're seasonal. So we had one in the summer. We had one in the fall. I have one coming up this January. And what those are, 
it's called Lasting Connections because we are getting in touch with our ancestors from generations back. And we're not talking about grandparents or great-grandparents, but it could be seven generations back. And not the pain that we all know that we carried or they carried and passed on, but all the gifts that they brought to us, whether it's perseverance and success and tenacity, all these things because our ancestors went through so much. And during these um, ceremonies, we, we begin with a cacao ceremony in the evening. And then when we come back the next day, there's more drumming and sound bowls. There's a DNA activation meditation. Um, we have lunch. It's very communal. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful experience. It does oh. sound like it. I love that. Is that related somehow to psychedelics or shamanic journeys? You know, partially shamanic journeying as well. Like we combine a lot of our knowledge. The woman that I work with, she has studied shamanism and Reiki. And, you know, I have done Reiki. So we both, and I've also studied shamanism. So between the two of us, we, we pick and choose from different um, modalities, but basically what we know. And we were both fascinated with the connection to ancestors So um, it's really wonderful. But there's no psychedelics involved in the cacao. It's pure cacao. Okay, so it's not something that would affect the brain, would change uh, perception. Yeah, no, no. The only thing that's changing is, you know, the sound in yourself. Mm, Yeah, the natural sounds, energy is moving. I love that. I have done, yeah, I have done a long time ago. I had a psychedelic experience. It's very interesting. But it was not something that I wanted to do. It just happened. That's a different conversation, too. So thank you so much, <laughs> Amy, for what you do and how you do it. This beautiful intention to help others coming from the place of the soul, of the heart. Thank you. If life had one purpose, one purpose only, what would that be? To find where your wings would be and which direction you would be flying to. Funny that you say that, Wings. <laughs> Love that idea. That makes me think about freedom. That's what it comes yeah. to me, my liberation freedom. Yes, yeah. And what is another word for love? Compassion. What is your understanding of spirituality these days? What is to be spiritual? To me, to be spiritual really just means to have an open heart and a pure heart and to accept but really it's it's heart-based ah yes a billion times <laughs> the heart space yeah. coming from that yeah. place yeah I mean that's that's really what it is it's not about holding crystals and the essential oils and whatever it is you're eating it's being of pure heart that's mm-hmm. really what it's all about to me yeah yeah, yes, yes, yes. Wow, how many yes I can say to that. It just resonates so <laughs> true. <laughs> Being yeah, open, really right, Amy? And just um, non-judgmental, open, kind to yourself. To yourself first, of course. Um, and then Always to yourself, uh, yeah. Expanding that love, that kindness. Mm-hmm. And what do you love most about being in a human body? What do I love being? Well, because being in a human body, I can place my hands on other people when I'm doing my Reiki work. So being able to touch another human being is such a healing, has such a healing effect. So that 
that's probably what drew me to this work. I mean, how many of us don't even get a hug, you know, and the human touch is so, so important and really vital to our well-being. So it's it's just that human touch is just incredible. Yes, it is. Absolutely, it is. <clears throat> and without this body, I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, because then you become wholeness again, and then wholeness cannot perceive itself. <laughs> what was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself in life as of today? The hardest lesson? I don't know if I've learned it yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What would that be? Does something come to mind? I don't really know what would be the hardest lesson. You know, there's so many to come. I've had hard lessons in the past and I know I'll have more, but, you know, just being able to work through everything. So I guess that's a good thing. But I guess a hard lesson would be something that you can't work through, but I, I don't even believe that. I think everything can be worked through. Ah, yes, um, I but agree. I, I, I know there are, yeah, and I know there are more lessons to come for sure. Uh -huh, yeah, especially if you're open, yeah, open-hearted, um, for sure. And the last question is, what are three things you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body, before they die? Real intense joy and happiness, real intense pain, and just nothing because nothing is also something, if that makes sense to you. Just being, because it's really the, it's almost like wearing black. It's, it's all of it together. So it's just everything to me. Wow. That is very different. So the experience of nothing, I never heard it that way, which is, to me, it's what's happening here now. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. It's nothing at the same time. It's just this amazing dream. It's not even a heaven, right? It's just being, like you said, it's being here, being. It's just being here. Uh, yeah, without trying to get anywhere or get something out of what's happening. Just, it's, it's the most beautiful thing I can think of. I agree. Freeing. With, without expectation, without disappointment, it just is. Yes, yeah, that's freedom. That is, if there's such a thing as freedom, a concept for that, that would be it. Thank you so much, Amy, for Thank you. the timeless wisdom, everything that you're doing, this beautiful healing work and everything else in between that could be felt. Thank you. Thank you. And again, before we say goodbye um, the, the last for the last time today, uh, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? My website is https uh, amy Kaufman, amy at amykaufman.co. My email is amykaufman.co. And I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram as Reiki underscore with Amy, also on Facebook. My YouTube channel is Reiki underscore with Amy. So my guided meditations can be found there. I do breathing exercises. I offer a mini Reiki session every Friday, and it's posted on Instagram and on YouTube, so you can see for yourself what you feel, and then you can go further and you know schedule an appointment. You can schedule on my website or through my email. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, Amy, and we'll talk Thank soon. Thank you. Okay. Bye for now. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening. To learn more about Amy Kaufman and her work, please visit amykaufman.co and meditationandchill.blogspot.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.